Hey, good morning, Spirit Church. We're glad to have you here today. Stay with us and join us in worship this morning. Come on, let's sing together. Come all you weary, come all you thirsty, come to the well that never runs dry. Drink of the water, come and thirst no more. Come all you sinners, come find his mercy, come to the table he will satisfy. Taste of his goodness, find what you're looking for. For God so loved, for God so loved the world that he gave us, his one and only Son to save us. Whoever believes in him will live forever. that promise, Lord. We live forever in you, not because of what we have done, but because of who you are. Thank you that you've saved us. Thank you that you know us. Thank you that you love us, Lord. So bring all your failures, bring your addictions, come lay them down at the foot of the cross. Jesus is waiting with open arms. See his open arms. For God so loved the world that he gave us. His one and only Son to save us. Whoever believes in him will live forever. So love the world. Aren't you thankful he loved us? Praise God, praise God, from whom all blessings flow. Praise him, praise him for the wonders of his love. Come on, let's sing it out. Praise God, praise God. Come lay them down at the foot of the cross. Jesus is waiting for God so loved the world. Come on, have you seen that to be true? Will you give him praise? Thank you, Lord. You loved us so much. Amen. Why don't you turn to somebody nearby and say, Tryptophan has no power on me this morning. Turkey and dressing is not going to keep my praise down. I'm going all in for Jesus. I'm going to give all I have to him today. Come on. We lift you up, Lord. It's about you today. Now let's lift our voices and our hands towards heaven. We welcome your presence, Jesus. We're hungry for more of you. You fill us, Lord. You complete us. You restore us, God. We love you, Jesus. All my 
words fall short I've got nothing new How could I express All my gratitude I could sing these songs As I often do Every song must end So I throw up my hands and praise you again and again. Cause all that I have is a hallelujah, hallelujah. And I know it's not much, I'm nothing else fit for a king, except for a heart singing Got just one with my arms stretched wide. I will worship you. So I throw up my hands, praise you again and again. Cause all that I have is a Except for a heart singing hallelujah, hallelujah. We sing hallelujah. All the praise to your name, So come on my soul, oh don't you get shy on me, lift up your song, cause you've got a lion inside of those lungs, get up and praise the Lord. Come on, lift the volume with me, sing it out. Oh come on my soul, oh don't you get shy on me, lift up your song, cause you've got a lion inside of those lungs. Get up and praise the Lord. Come on, my soul. Come on, my soul. Oh, don't you get shy on me. Lift up your song. Cause you got a lion inside of those lungs. Get up and praise the Lord. Come on. Oh, come on, my soul. Oh, don't you get shy on me. Lift up your song, cause you got a lion inside of those lungs. Get up and praise the Lord. We praise you. All that I have is a hallelujah, hallelujah. And I know it's not much, but I've nothing else fit for a king, except for a heart singing hallelujah, hallelujah. So I throw up my hands It's all that I have Hallelujah And 
Hallelujah. 
sing hallelujah. Come on, the song ended, but God didn't stop moving. He's not done. I encourage you, lift your voice, lift your hands. Don't let me be your cheerleader. Speak from the overflow of your heart. We're grateful for what you've done, for who you are, for your work, your move in us. You're here, you're moving, you're active, you're living. We thank you, Jesus. We thank you, Jesus. It's your breath in our lungs. It's your breath in our lungs. So we pour out, come on somebody, we pour out our praise. It's your breath, your breath, our lungs. Pour out praise, we pour out praise. It's your breath in our lungs. So we pour out our praise, we pour out our praise. It's your breath in our lungs. Your word remains the same. Oh, oh, oh. History 
that keep us from your presence. God, you try to knock those walls down and all we have to do is say, Lord, come in. All we have to do is say, Lord, this is existing and lay it at your feet. God, you did not create us to carry the burdens of this world on our own. So I pray that today we will have people that aren't even recognized whenever they leave because they leave their guilt and shame at your feet, Jesus, and that you pick it up and you carry it and you allow us to walk in freedom, Lord. We know that you are greater than anything we will ever face in this world, that you continue to do miracles. So today, while there are people that are hurting or broken or those who may need a miracle in their life. We declare your victory right now. We're trusting, we're expecting you to move once again like you've done time and time again, Father. God, we love you so much and we know that greater things are yet to come. Here at Spirit Church, one of the things we really believe is the power of prayer and the power of unity. And so to combine these two things and continue forward in our service, we wanna say the Lord's Prayer together. Would you join me in that this morning? Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen, amen, amen. If you believe that this morning, let's give God one more shout of praise. He is worthy of it all. Man, thank you so much for joining us here at Spirit Church today. We're super excited. I want to challenge you to do one thing before you sit down. Greet someone you don't know and greet someone that you have never thought you would ever say hello to in your life, okay? Those are the two people. Make sure you know their names, okay? And then we're going to get started here shortly. Welcome. Pastor Jason Robin would love to meet you in the Welcome Center after this worship experience. 
They just want to meet your family, give you a gift, and say thanks for being our guest today. Also, if you're a guest, we don't feel any pressure to give. But if you want to give, here are three ways you can. You can use a giving envelope and drop it off in either kiosk in the comments area. You can give online at spirit.church/give, or you can use our church center app. Thank you, Spirit Church, for being so generous so that we can reach the least, the last, and the lost. Now I have a few announcements for you. Sunday, November 27th, the gingerbread kids need to be turned back in to the church office. Thank you for those who participated in the gingerbread kids so that we can bless the kids in our community. Sunday, December 3rd, is Kids Christmas. The kids will be blessing us with a wonderful performance at the 9.30 and 11 o'clock service. Spirit Church, thanks for listening. Now let's get out of our message notes as Pastor Jason comes and continues our message series, Do You Believe in Miracles? so glad to have you this morning. Would you give yourself a hand for being here? What an awesome crowd. And I want to do a couple more special welcomes. I want to welcome everybody watching online this morning. Thanks for being a part of our family. We know that you're here and uh, can't be here in person, but you're here digitally, so we're thankful for that technology. And then I want to give a big shout out to the undefeated Oakwood men's basketball team who's joining us in service today. Good to have you guys with us. Thanks for being here. Appreciate you guys. Sorry I haven't been able to make a game yet. My schedule's been crazy, but don't worry, I'm coming. I've even got my Oakwood hoodie and my cool Jordans that I'm going to wear, so I'll be there to represent. Half of that's true. I have a hoodie. Now let me show you these quick dates that I want you to remember that are coming up. Lots of great things. Next Sunday morning, our kids are going to be right here on stage. So you want to be here? You want to be here early? The fun thing about next week is there will be people sitting right here who never sit right here. And they usually sit over there because they drop their kids off. But then on that one Sunday, they like to sit right here so they can get good photos of the speaker. Or maybe of the kids who are singing on stage. Maybe that's what they want. But it's going to be awesome. If you come at the 8 a.m. service next week, you will only hear me sing. If you come at 9.30 and 11, you'll hear the kids sing. So I would come at 9.30 and 11 if it were me. I don't get that choice. I have to come to all three. But if I had the choice, I would definitely come to hear the kids because it's going to be amazing. we got First Wednesday coming. Christmas craze for our youth is always a great night on December the 10th. 17th, our worship team will be singing for us our worship Christmas. 24th, no children's ministry. All of our family together in the building right here as we celebrate the birth of Jesus together. It's always a fun time. And then the 31st is our online-only worship experience. That's our gift to our church family, especially to our volunteers. So we do that all online. And we invite you to watch that together with your family, wherever you may be. And then the big event that I'm so excited, I wish was December, but it's January. January 3rd, 4th, and 5th, our Revive Prayer Conference. This year is going to be better than ever. We've got Jamie Austin coming from Woodlake. We have Pastor Joe Kola coming from right here at First Wesleyan. And we have Pastor Bruce McCarty coming from Owasso First Assembly. So three of my best friends, three of my favorite speakers, they're going to challenge us. Make time in your schedule right now to be here Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, January 3rd, 4th, and 5th. We'll start the year off with the prayer conference. It's going to be exciting, and we know God is going to move powerfully. All right, would you stand with me? We're going to get right into it because I am hyped up this morning and ready to go. And the worship guy sang too long, so he cut into my time to preach. So I got to, I got to make up for that this morning. Our In the Vault text, Ephesians chapter 3, verse 19. Remember, our quotation stations are available in the comments. So if you memorize this verse this month or while I'm speaking this morning... Then you can go out afterwards. Our friends from Coffee Exchange have given us little gift cards for you. And if you know this verse, they'll, uh, our team will give that to you afterwards. We do this because unashamedly we will incentivize you to place the Word of God in the vault of your heart. We believe in Scripture so strongly and we want to do everything we can to encourage you to memorize, especially verses like this. I love this first line. May you experience the love of Christ, though it is too great to understand fully. Then you'll be made complete with the fullness of life and power that comes from God. And here's the part that I want you to read with me. Here we go. Now all glory to God who is able through his mighty power at work within us to accomplish infinitely more than we might ask or think 
Glory to him in the church and in Christ Jesus through all generations forever and ever. Amen. Aren't you thankful his mighty power is at work within us? We're going to talk about that more in just a second, but I'm also thankful that he does infinitely more than we could ask or think. So Lord Jesus, it's your word that we are studying today, and we ask that it would just speak to our hearts and to our spirits. Would you challenge us and change us by your word? Would you make us more like you? Today, would my voice not be the one that fills this room, but Holy Spirit, we invite your presence. We know you're already here, but we invite you to communicate uniquely and specifically and individually with us exactly what you intend for us to hear. We thank you for this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. God bless you. So our series this month is on the topic of miracles, and I'm getting actually a really late start today because last week, as you know, I was in Ireland and I spoke there on a Sunday morning, and I was done preaching both services before you even came to one. So I feel like I'm late this morning because of the time change, but Pastor Daniel did such an amazing job speaking for us last Sunday morning. He and Emily are such a blessing to our church, and he asked me, he said, did you watch it? I said, of course I watched it. I was on a bus in Ireland driving across the country watching Pastor Daniel preach, and he, as always, did an amazing, amazing job. There's these three principles of miracles that we've been trying to encourage you with every Sunday as we talk about this series. The first is this. Miracles happen throughout Scripture, and we see this about 120 times in Scripture where miracles take place, and we've been able to study some of them. To study all of them, this series would have gone on for months and months, but we've been able to look at some of them where an iron head, an axe head, floated out of the water and Peter and Jesus walked on the water where Elisha fed a hundred men with just a little bit of bread and grain to start where Jesus fed 5,000 with five loaves and some fish and then another time he fed 4,000 people where lepers who had skin diseases they were cleansed their blinded eyes were open and we, we know all of this is true because we know the Bible is true the Bible is not a collection of fairy tales or fables or bedtime stories. These are real events that actually happen, and we trust the authenticity and the authority of the Scripture so we know that they happen. But not only did miracles happen in Scripture, miracles still happen today. They're still happening all around us today. And, and sometimes we don't take enough time to highlight the good things that God does. This past week when I was in Ireland, I got to spend time with Gary and Wilma Davidson. You'll remember them. They came in January and they spoke at our prayer conference this year, the 2023 prayer conference. This is a powerful time as Pastor Gary ministered three nights and then we took it uh, Saturday off and then Sunday he spoke for us. What I did was on that Saturday, I really wanted to treat them well. I wanted them to be impressed with, with Bartlesville, with our area. I wanted them to want to come back. They all obviously love Spirit Church. And so I did what you would do to anybody you want to honor. I drove them to Sedan, Kansas. Isn't that the way to honor somebody? Because in Sedan is Buck's Barbecue and Steakhouse. And I drove him up there because I thought, Pastor Gary's going to be so impressed if I feed him a USDA choice ribeye steak. But I forgot that for years, like decades, Wilma has struggled with digestive issues. And so we ordered plates full of ribeyes and all the, oh man, it was, it was like glorious. It's the only word I can think of. And Wilma ordered a baked potato with no oil, no butter, no bacon, no chives, no cheese, no sour cream, just a little bit of salt. It's all she could eat. Her body has been just so sick with this digestive issue that we sat there eating our ribeyes while she enjoyed just a, a bland potato because anything else would just upset her. So a few days after the prayer conference ended, she went to another retreat that Pastor Daryl put on. Our, our former pastor was right here at Spirit Church for 18 years, Daryl and Faith Wooten. They put on a, another type of prayer conference. I got to go as well. And in that prayer conference, Wilma felt like the Lord not only touched her, but that God healed her body. Felt that God did an amazing work of restoration in her and the things which she had been unable to eat, she now felt like God had done something that she could eat and her body was well. And so, you know, they say that miracles don't happen unless you can verify and prove that the miracle's there. Well, last week when I was in Ireland with them, I watched Wilma eat pizza. She had a bowl of chili while she was there right in front of my eyes. It was happening. But then, 
On Thanksgiving Day, Pastor Gary sent me this text, and I want to show you the photo that he sent me. There's Wilma with her first Thanksgiving plate in 30 years. Turkey, dressing, sweet potatoes, mashed potatoes, and she was able to eat to her heart's content because God still does miracles today. But the third principle about miracles is that the greatest miracle of all is the miracle of salvation. When somebody who is far from God, who was lost, they come to Jesus. And I told you a few weeks ago, but in the month of October, we saw over 40 people say yes to Jesus at Spirit Church and kids ministry and youth ministry. In our main worship experiences, over 40 people experienced the miracle of salvation. Last week when I was in Ireland and I preached those two services at that church on Sunday morning in Galway, we saw that take place. It didn't happen how I thought it would happen. I prayed and I did what I always do here. I say, if you want to accept Jesus, would you lift your hand and would you make eye contact with me? And nobody did. I thought, that's cool. Everybody here saved or maybe God's still working on their hearts. No big deal. But the way they close their service is the prayer team goes to the back of the room and the worship teams come back on stage and they go into like one or two more songs of worship after the message. So I, I preached... Nobody, got, nobody raised their hand. Prayer team was back there. We did worship. Then we stopped. We had the in-between services. Then I came back and I did the second service. And because of my travel schedule, at the end of the second service, I couldn't really stay for the worship time. I had to preach and I had to do the appeal for salvation. And then I had to get out the door because they had to get me to the bus station, to get me to the airport, to get me on the plane, to get me to Robin. Just long and short of it, I needed to be back with Robin. It's a long time away from her. As I was running out the door after the second service, one of the prayer team members grabbed me. He said, Pastor Jason, you're not going to believe this. Two people came to the back of the room, and they gave their lives to Jesus. At the end of the service, they came back, and we were able to pray with them, and they said yes to Jesus. And the pastor of the church called me, and he told me about it. He said, these are guys who have been coming, and we've been ministering to them, but they've never really taken that full step of faith, putting their trust in Jesus. And we've been waiting and praying and believing, but today was the day that it happened. And he said, it's a miracle. It's a miracle that they gave their lives to the Lord. And that's the greatest miracle of all, is the miracle of salvation. So we've been talking about miracles that we see God do through Elisha and the miracles that Jesus did while he was here on earth. We saw the miracle of redemption where there was an exchange made where things were floating or sinking and they were made to float. There was a miracle of multiplication where God would multiply the things that we put in his hands and use it for his glory. There's miracles of expectation where our faith is expanded and increased. But today I want to talk to you about the final category of miracles, miracles of resurrection. When I say the word resurrection, we can think of nothing else but bringing something or someone back to life. And this happened both in the life of Elisha and in the life and ministry of Jesus. If you have your Bible, I'm in 2 Kings chapter 13. So if you've got your Bible, if you've got your smart device that's there, obviously we put them on the screens. We also have it on the Church Center app. That's the app that we use for our church. But this miracle of resurrection takes place in 2 Kings chapter 13, Verses 20 and 21. The Bible says this, Elisha died and he was buried. And groups of Moabite raiders used to invade the land of Israel each spring. Once, when some Israelites were burying a man, they spied a band of these raiders. So they hastily threw the corpse into the tomb of Elisha and they fled. But as soon as the body touched Elisha's bones, the dead man revived and jumped to his feet. Everybody say, wow, I forgot that one was in there, right? That's an unusual story. We've been studying Elisha and what he has done. You know, he followed the prophet Elijah, and God did eight powerful miracles through Elijah, but then Elisha had, had asked for and received a double portion of the spirit that Elijah had. So he not only did eight miracles, he did 16 miracles. He, he was able to tell the rain to stop, and then he was able to tell the rain when to come. He multiplied oil and food to feed people. As we said, he healed a leper. He blinded his enemies. He opened blinded eyes. But now that his ministry has come to an end, we see that he dies, and then the Bible drops this crazy story on us but doesn't give us a whole lot of context right here at the end. Here's what we know from just studying history and studying maybe the story of that day is that they probably weren't placing bodies in caskets that day. He might have been bound with some kind of grave cloth and maybe anointed, but he wouldn't have been in a box. They would have just been carrying his lifeless body. 
these raiders come into the land and they're thinking, we're going to get attacked. We got to get rid of this because this dude is dead weight, right? And so they just throw him in. Maybe they had to roll a stone back on a cave or they found the place where Elisha's bones, maybe they didn't even know Elisha's bones were in there. And they threw the man's body in there. And can you imagine being that guy? Wow, <laughs> what just happened? What did you guys do to me? I mean, it's a phenomenal story in and of itself, but it's actually the second story of resurrection we see from Elisha's life. Now, I've preached on this other one before, so I'm just going to highlight the details for you for a second. But there was a young boy who had died, and Elisha was very close with their family. In fact, Elisha spoke to them and said, I, I believe that God is going to allow you to have a baby. You've been barren, but God's going to provide you with a child. And she said, no, don't get my hopes up. Her, her spirit had been broken one too many times with, with empty words like that. And he said, no, by this time next year, you're going to have a child. And sure enough, God was faithful to his word, and they did. He grew. He was eight maybe ten years old and he was working with his father in the fields and the bible tells us he had something maybe we would call it a heat stroke and it caused him to faint and it ultimately caused him to die when elisha would visit this family they had like an apartment a little guest room that he was allowed to stay in and the mom did what any good mom would do she said this is elisha's problem he spoke this kid into existence. Now God took him. I'm going to go lay the bed. And she took the boy and laid him on Elisha's bed. Now imagine coming home from a long day of being a prophet, you know, doing all the things that prophets do. And you open the door to your bedroom, and there's a lifeless body laying there. Now what Elisha did would send most of us to prison. He laid on top of the boy. Those of you that are trying to go in ministry... Those of you that volunteer in our children's or next generation ministries at Spirit Church. Those of you that are living and breathing, can I just be pastor for just a second? In the name of Church Mutual Insurance Company and Spirit Church of the Assemblies of God, and for the love of all things good and holy, don't ever, under any circumstances, for any reason, ever, ever do this. Okay, just had to get that clear. But Elisha does. And what happens? The boy revives and sneezes seven times. And I'm like, that's what you get, Elisha. Don't lay on kids. Right? The boy sneezes seven times, and he comes back to life. Why? Because that's what resurrection is. It is restoring life where life was taken. And not only did God do that through Elisha, but we see Jesus doing that as well. Again, if you have your Bible, John chapter 11, I want to show you this resurrection story. It's the story of Lazarus. There's actually three different resurrection stories that we see Jesus do in his ministry on earth. But for time's sake, I just want to focus on the Lazarus story this morning. Here's the background is that word had come to Jesus that Lazarus was ill and was near death, but Jesus is uninterested. He doesn't move, he doesn't go, he doesn't do anything. In fact, he just tells his disciples, don't worry, this sickness is not going to end in death. In fact, this is so that God's son can be glorified through this work. So finally, four days after Lazarus has died, Jesus shows up in Bethany, and he's greeted by Mary and Martha. They're Lazarus's sisters, and they greet him with these words, if you had been here, our brother wouldn't have died, but they probably didn't say it like that. If you had been here, right, they're probably pointing their finger or looking down their nose at him like you should have shown up earlier. Where you been? You need a new watch, and Jesus looks at them and then he says these words in John eleven thirty nine, 39 roll the stone aside <laughs> whoa that escalated quickly from you should have been here to roll the stone aside Martha says whoa 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 he's been dead for four days and you do that it's going to smell terrible and Jesus says didn't I tell you that you would see God's glory if you believe so they rolled the stone aside look at the next verse verse 41 Jesus looked up to heaven and he said father thank you for hearing me you always hear me, but I said this out loud for the sake of all these people standing here so that they will believe that you sent me. And then Jesus shouted, Lazarus, come out. And some people say that the reason that Jesus said, Lazarus, come out, instead of come out, is that if Jesus had just said, come out, all the dead bodies would have come out. Now, what I choose to believe, and you believe whatever you want to believe, but what I choose to believe is the reason that Jesus said Lazarus is because Jesus knows my name. And when I'm dead, and when I'm locked away, and when I don't think I can go on living, he calls me by name. 
But aren't you thankful that we serve a God that when we are dead and lost in our sins, when we've been there for four days and we are almost forgotten about, he doesn't shout, he doesn't scream, he just says, Lazarus, come forth. And what happened? The dead man comes out. His hands or feet are bound in grave clothes. His face is wrapped in a headcloth. And Jesus says, unwrap him and let him go. So what does all this mean for you and I? Well, if you remember in Elisha's story, a dead man just happened to touch his bones and he lived. So for us, that means that if we're going to live, we've got to touch Jesus. We've got to touch Jesus. That man's body was thrown onto the corpse of Elisha. We've got to throw ourselves at the feet of Jesus. Lazarus heard the voice of Jesus and was brought back to life. If we're going to live, we've got to hear the voice of Jesus. Not only did God restore life through Elisha, and not only was Jesus able to restore life, but we know that Jesus' life was restored as well. The Bible tells us he suffered on a, on a cross, a very cruel death. He was laid in a tomb and the stone was rolled in front covering the entrance. But early on a Sunday morning when all hope was lost, his followers and his disciples discovered what you and I continue to celebrate today, those three simple words, Jesus is alive. Jesus is alive. He was dead. He died. That's a fact. We see it happening. But he is not there anymore. Look at Luke chapter 24 and verse number 1. Luke 24 verse 1. Very early on a Sunday morning, the women went to the tomb. How many are thankful for some godly, faith-filled, expectant, miracle-working women that showed up? Letting the applause die down. Letting the applause die down because everybody wants to How many are thankful for the faith-filled women that showed up at the tomb? Man, all them lazy bums were still asleep, and here come women full of faith, and they get to the tomb. Thank God. They took spices that they had prepared, and they found that the stone had been rolled away from the entrance, so they went in, probably the best line in Scripture, but they didn't find the body of the Lord Jesus. Those of you in the room who have been to Israel and have gone to the tomb of Jesus, you will testify to the fact that when you go in that tomb, there is not a body there because his body is not here. He is not dead. He is alive. He is risen from the dead. There is no body there. He's alive. And then they're startled by these two men dressed in dazzling white, these angels that are there. And they begin to question them and they ask him, why are you looking among the dead for someone who's alive? We serve a Jesus who not only performed miracles of resurrection, but he himself was resurrected. This morning, I want to remind you that we serve a supernatural God. And when I call him supernatural, that's not just that he's supernatural sometimes. He doesn't have a switch or a button or a mode that he activates and he goes into supernatural mode. No, his nature, his character, his person, his being, he is supernatural all the time. We serve a supernatural, miracle-working God, and he does miracles of resurrection. And so I want to talk to you really quickly about some types of resurrection that he does. The first type of resurrection is what we would call a physical resurrection. That's what we've been studying this morning. And a physical resurrection is when a lifeless body is restored. And this still happens today. It happened in Scripture, but it happens now. We hear about it. We hear about it oftentimes from missionaries in foreign countries where they see a body, an actual physical body, be resurrected. Sometimes what happens is that in these foreign countries where medical care perhaps isn't as good, God uses a miracle of resurrection as what we call a power encounter where God's power is displayed so that a tribe or a people group or a culture is then turned to the Lord and they say this could only be attributed to the divine. This could only be attributed to a great power and we know that power to be Yahweh, to be God, to be Jesus. For us as believers to experience a physical resurrection would mean that we would have to leave heaven. Because the Bible says to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. So if you're present with the Lord and a resurrection takes place, you are then absent from heaven and you are back here with the body and with the Lord. And so we, don't, we do see it, it happens, we believe in it, but what we see happening more often are these next three categories, a spiritual resurrection, an emotional resurrection, or a mental resurrection. 
The spiritual resurrection we talk about a lot in church because that's when a dead soul is revived and given new life in Christ. And as we've identified, this is the greatest miracle of all. When a person who is spiritually dead, who is lost in their sin, becomes alive in Christ Jesus. We don't realize these last two resurrections are possible or take place as often. An emotional resurrection is when a person's spirit or passion is reignited. Sometimes this happens over time where we drift away from the Lord, where life breaks us down, and we need to be renewed in our emotions and in our passions because if we're not, we grow cold and bitter towards the Lord. And without realizing it, we need that emotional resurrection to take place because we just go through the motions and we play church and we pretend to be Christians, but we're not living and experiencing the fullness of the power that is available that is at work within us, according to the In the Vault text this morning. That final category is a mental resurrection where our dreams, our visions are reawakened. Sometimes, unfortunately, we buy into the lie that God's done with us, that God doesn't have a plan for me anymore. And let me just invite you, when the enemy tries to lie to you in that way, would you just check your pulse? Would you just verify that you're still breathing? Because if you're still breathing, he's not done with you. If you're still alive, he's still working in you, on you, and through you, and he still has a purpose. And sometimes we let those things die inside of us, but we serve a Jesus who is supernatural and does miracles of resurrection, and he wants to breathe new life into the things inside of you which the enemy has convinced you are dead. You know, the Bible says without a vision, people perish, and sometimes we need God to revive our dreams and awaken the passions that he placed within us. Now let me tell you some truths about resurrection. And the first one is going to be really simple, I acknowledge it, but only dead things can be resurrected. You say, I, I got out of my stretchy pants, I got dressed, and I came all the way to church, it snowed last night, and I showed up for you to tell me that only dead things can be resurrected. You bet. That's, that's what I came to tell you today. But I want you to look at it through a different angle or through a different lens. Dead things are the perfect candidates for resurrections so if there is a dream if there is a passion if there is a vision that is dead inside of you you're a candidate for a resurrection if you know someone who is spiritually lost and far from God they are the perfect candidate for a resurrection if your emotions your will your spirit has been broken you are the perfect candidate for a resurrection because living things can't be resurrected only dead things can the second truth about resurrection is that only through death can there be new life Elisha's tomb was that place of resurrection where the raiders from Moab came in and they interrupted the burial and this guy's body was thrown into Elisha's tomb and bam, he jumped back to life after touching Elisha's bone. Jesus' tomb was a place of resurrection. When the women got there, he wasn't there because he had risen from the dead. He rose from the dead and he brought the promise and the power of new life to all of us. And because Jesus died, we can experience new life through Christ, because only through death can there be new life. But the third truth is this, only God can raise the dead. It's only God that can raise the dead. Elisha didn't raise the dead. It was his bones that were in the tomb. It was God working through Elisha that caused this man to come back to life. Jesus spoke forth the word to Lazarus, and Lazarus come, came forth, and only he can raise the dead because he alone lives. And let me, again, just take a quick moment to be pastoral. I know that there are some of you in this room that have lost someone close to you where God didn't perform a miracle of resurrection. And this is not to try to compare our situations, but can I tell you, I do know what it feels like because I watched it happen with my own father when I laid my hands on him when he was in an emergency room table and the doctor said, he's gone. And I thought that God was gonna do it. I expected God to do it and God chose to do something different. The reason that God chooses to do something different is because he's God. His ways and his thoughts are higher, and that doesn't make it any easier, but rather than doubting God, rather than being angry at God, rather than turning our backs on God, that's an invitation to trust him more fully and more deeply, to say, you know what? Only you can bring resurrection, and even though in this situation you didn't bring my dad back, I still believe that you're bringing resurrection into people's hearts and into people's lives because the greatest miracle of all is the miracle of salvation. And the fact that my dad is in heaven today is an even better miracle than if my dad were to be alive today. 
And the fact that God still is saving people, that he's still healing people, that he's still changing lives, that's because only he can raise the dead. That's the third truth about resurrection. Only God can raise the dead. And when Lazarus was dead, his sisters Mary and Martha, they were dead too. You say, no, they weren't. They were talking to Jesus. Yeah, they were, they were alive physically, but something on the inside of them had died and needed a resurrection. Their, their trust had probably died. Their hope was gone. Their faith was on life support. It was dead. It was dying. And we know that because of the interaction that Jesus had with them. In John chapter 11, verse 25, Jesus says to Martha, I'm the resurrection and I'm the life. Anyone who believes in me will live even after dying. And everyone who lives in me and believes in me will never ever die. You see, Jesus tells Martha, not only would her brother live again for eternity like all of us who trust in Jesus, but Jesus reminds her that he could raise that which was dead, whether that be a physical body, whether that be someone who's spiritually dead, emotionally dead, mentally dead, he can raise the dead. But this is how diverse and how dynamic and how good God is that not only can he do it, Romans chapter eight, I gotta show you this, Romans chapter eight and verse 11, the spirit of God who raised Christ from the dead lives where? In you. It lives in us. That same spirit that brought Jesus out of the dead is alive and work in us. And just as Christ raised Jesus from the dead, he'll give life to your mortal bodies by the same spirit living within you. What does that mean? That means that if you've trusted Jesus for salvation, then the spirit of God lives inside of you. And he's giving and breathing life into you because his spirit is inside of you. And our In the Vault text says that it's not just inside of you. Ephesians chapter 3 and verse 20 says this, All glory to God who is able through his mighty power at work where? Within us. That mighty power is still working in us. And it's not just working, it's accomplishing infinitely more than we might ask or might think. As I think back about my trip last week, and I got to be with Gary and Wilma in Ireland, they took me to a church called St. Mark's. Some of you in the room have been to this church. It was built in the 1700s. It's in the heart of Dublin, Ireland. It's right across the street from Trinity College. Uh, it was a Church of Ireland church, and people stopped attending. So the Trinity College bought it, and they were using it for storage. They were keeping archives and records and books and things. In the 80s, Gary and Wilma, who were starting churches across Ireland and trying to build a body of believers, needed a building. And they found a way to purchase this building. It's an absolute miracle that they got it. From the moment that the paperwork was signed and it was signed over to the Assemblies of God of Ireland, Trinity College has regretted selling it to Gary ever since. And now this building built in the 1700s in the heart of Ireland is the flagship church of the Assemblies of God across the entire nation of Ireland. Hundreds of people saved, lives changed, pastors trained, ministers sent out. And so I got to go with my friend Chris Dow and I got to be there with Pastor Gary and Wilma. It was amazing. When we pulled up, there was a young man that works there. His name is Lionel. He's from Lithuania. He came out to greet us, and Gary is like a legend in Ireland. Oh, Pastor Gary, it's so good to see you. Hey, Lionel, I'm going to take Jason and Chris, and I'm going to show them the church. Cool, do you want to show them the crypt? And I'm in the back seat going, nope. He does not. We don't have time. We don't want to trouble you. We don't want to disturb anything. He does not want to show us. Oh, Pastor Gary, no problem. I'll go get the key. It's got a lock. I'm like, oh, the key's got to be lost. Let him not find the key, please. Please, somebody else has the key. Found him, got the keys, no problem. Big steel doors. Don't worry, Chris is strong. He can lift the doors. We can get in there. So my manhood's on the line. I'm like, well, I'm going in. Let's go. I guess we're going in a crypt. So here is a photo of me in a crypt under a 17, a church that's built in the 1700s in Ireland, and I can't stand up straight. And you go down this long hallway, and on either side of the hallways are the individual, I call them cells, because I don't know what else you'd call them, but like the little burial places that the families are, and there's caskets and bones, and, and this is, and I'm just like, oh, if Robin finds out where I am right now, I'm gonna be in so much trouble. And so I'm walking down, and at each of the individual places, 
they have a placard. And the placards there has the family name and the dates and the information. And I know what you're thinking. That's a really bad photo. Well, next time you're in a crypt, you can take a better photo. Take your own photo. This is the quickest one I could get. And it reads this, Mr. James W. Lindrick of 32 Leeson Street, February of 1837. And as you walk down that hall, each of the rooms had a placard. And then there was like an iron gate. I'm still not sure why. Are they trying to keep them from coming back out? But there's an iron gate, and then there were casket boxes there. And as I'm in the crypt, it reminded me of how finite we are. You know, James, the book of James tells us that our lives are like a mist, that we're like a vapor, that we're here one moment and we're gone tomorrow. Our time is short. And because of that reality, sometimes we lose sight of how supernatural our God is. We put him on our timetable and we bind him with our limitations and forget that he exists outside of our time and our space. And because there's funerals and caskets and memorial services, we sometimes forget that this life is not the end. And the reason it's not the end is because we serve a Jesus who does miracles of resurrection and life that was taken can be restored. And this morning I want to ask you a very simple question. Are you spiritually dead? Are you stuck in a crypt? If you are, Jesus can resurrect you because he does miracles of resurrection. So would you bow your head? I won't belabor this. I won't embarrass you in any way. But if you're here today, and when I talked about the types of resurrection, I talked about a spiritual resurrection. If you're here and that's you, and you need a spiritual resurrection, that you're spiritually dead, for whatever reason, maybe it's because you've never said yes to Jesus, but maybe it's because at one point you said yes to Jesus and you've totally walked away from him, you've abandoned him, and you're like one of those bodies that's in a casket locked behind an iron gate buried under a church. To you today, Jesus wants to give life. Would you like to receive the life that he has? Would you like to say yes to him? I won't embarrass you, I'll simply pray with you. If that's you and you want to receive his gift of eternal life, would you just slip up your hand and make eye contact with me and say, yeah, pray with me, pray with me, thank you, thank you. I've seen a couple of hands that have gone up this morning. If you're online, you can write the word yes in your chat box and let us know that you're saying yes today as well. Thank you for those of you who had courage this morning and lifted your hands. The Bible says if we confess with our mouth that Jesus is Lord and we believe in our heart that God raised him from the dead, we'll be saved. And so there's an important prayer we need to pray because you've lifted your hand, you've confessed your belief, but now we need to declare it. I want to invite everybody, those watching online, those here in the room, everybody to pray this prayer with me. Dear Jesus, thank you for loving me. I'm sorry that I have sinned and lived a life that was not pleasing to you. Today I receive you as my Savior and Lord. I ask you to forgive me of my sins and make me more like you. And I will do my best to live for you from this day forward. In Jesus' name, amen. If you prayed that prayer this morning, you're experiencing right now a spiritual resurrection. That's what's taking place. And you know, we baptize somebody at 8 o'clock. We're baptizing six or more people at 11 o'clock. But that's your next step. We need to get you baptized in water. So we need you to text us and let us know about the decision. After you're baptized in water, we want you to grow in your faith. We want to help disciple you and make you more like Christ. It's an important part of your journey. I want to invite everybody who's able, would you please, if you're able, would you stand with me all across this room? As we close this morning, I want to ask you another simple question. Do you need a miracle of resurrection? You say, no, I stood up, I'm good. But I'm not just talking about a physical resurrection. Do you need a mental or emotional resurrection? Is there maybe a passion in you that has died? Has your hope been broken? Is your faith on life support and you need Jesus to resurrect you? Maybe there's somebody in your family that you love dearly and you were with this week at Thanksgiving and they need a spiritual resurrection. But they are dead they are lost in their sins, but we serve a Jesus who can breathe life into lifeless bodies and he can resurrect the dead. If that's you, if you need a resurrection, whether it be something I was talking about, emotional or, or mental, 
Or maybe you've got somebody in your family, somebody you love that needs a spiritual resurrection. Would you just slip up your hand right now? Yeah, 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 yeah. Let's begin to ask him for it. Just keep your hand up and just begin to ask him, Lord Jesus, would you breathe life? Lord, would you breathe life into all of these circumstances and situations? God, we see so many in this room that are needing a resurrection. And maybe it's just for something inside of them. Maybe there's a dream or a vision or a passion that they once had and they've let it die. Lord, I pray right now in Jesus' name, would you breathe life into them, the life, the spirit of God into them. And maybe for some in this room, it's somebody that we love dearly, that we just ate a meal with over this past weekend. God, they're far from you. And we've prayed and we've sown in tears and we believe, but it seems like they're just dead. Well, they're the perfect candidate for a resurrection. And we ask for new life to be breathed into them by the spirit of the living God. Awaken their heart and their soul and their mind to the goodness of God and to the love of the Father. Now, if your hand's lifted, would you just begin to thank the Lord that he is a God of resurrection, that he's a God of miracles. And maybe your hand wasn't lifted, but you just want to give God praise for the miracles and the blessings that he has done. Can we just end by doing that this morning? Lord Jesus, we lift you up and praise you. We thank you that you are a miraculous, supernatural, miracle-working God for whom nothing is too difficult. We trust you, Jesus. Thank you for doing these miracles today. Thank you, Lord. Man, what an incredible Sunday, right? God is doing some amazing things in and through this church, and we're just so honored to be a part of it. It's so amazing to see the miracles that continue to arise throughout our focus being on God. Whenever we fix our eyes on how He moves, it begins to open our eyes to everything that happens around us, and we can begin to be way more thankful than we ever were before, right? God is doing something special, guys, and we're so excited for it. Hey, tonight, just a reminder, we do have Next Generation Ministries meeting here from 5.30 to 7.30 tonight. So if you have any kids that you want them to be developed and discipled and really grown in the Word of God, we encourage you, bring them out. Our youth kids are going to have some pizza rolls because... I don't know why they like it more than pizza, but they do. So we have that for dinner for them tonight. So make sure 6th through 12th graders come hang out. All your other kiddos, they definitely need to come and get discipleship as well. But if you'll lift your hands towards heaven, I just want to pray a prayer of blessing over us all as we leave today. May the Lord bless you and protect you. May the Lord smile on you and be gracious to you. And may the Lord show you his favor and give you his peace. Go with God this week.